Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another edition of AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your host, Superintendent Michael Matsuda. And as our listeners know, this podcast is dedicated to the future of work for our young people, not just in Anaheim, but really across America. Um, I think that we are definitely at a crossroads in terms of what K-12, K-16 institutions are doing to better prepare young people for the world of work. We've been very blessed to have amazing, outstanding guests from all spectrums of uh, education and business and nonprofit. And today's guest is Brian Ahn, a doctoral student from Teachers College, Columbia University, who is studying adult learning and leadership. Brian, welcome to the show. Hi, Sprinter Matsuda. Uh, thank you for having me on. So, you know, um, of course, Columbia University and Ivy League School and Teachers College is consistently ranked probably in the top three uh, teaching universities in the United States. And uh, you've had a very interesting lived experience to get there. And uh, and then how did you connect with AUHSD? So we'll start with a little bit of your own history and background, Brian. Um, so tell the audience who you are and what you're all about. What's your driver? Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, my, yes, my name is Brian On, and um, my driver is, in a sense, to push forward and service. Uh, I think I'm very service-oriented. Um, my background or just my my work experience is I, I was in the Peace Corps in 2013 in Zambia, AmeriCorps in 2016 in Disaster Preparedness, and also working with FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency in 2017 during Hurricane Harvey and Harvey, Irma and Maria. And then along that line, I got in touch with Professor Noam Chomsky. And now I am at Teachers College Columbia University working on various research projects in order to, to illuminate for the public at large on certain social issues, yes. So amazing lived experience. I mean, the Peace Corps and, and working in FEMA, what are some of your takeaways um, and, and how that informed your work now in terms of adult learning and leadership and education? Well, um, the main reason why I joined the Peace Corps was right after university undergrad. I, um, I was very idealistic, I guess you could say. And um, for the most part, I believed that my purpose was to make the world just a little bit better, make maybe make uh, make it a little bit slightly better for a few people. And so I, especially one book in particular, really motivated me to uh, pursue it. It's uh, The Alchemist, and it talked about living your own personal legend. And so I, you know, tried to apply that. And then I got into FEMA after the AmeriCorps, but FEMA, um, I wanted to do something in disaster management and helping people during uh, their most difficult times, especially during disasters. And so I guess in a nutshell, that really, that service mindset in a sense, pushed me to really get into how to lead adults and how to manage them in the most effective way. So it could, you know, you've been drawn to sort of these uh, 
you know, when you talk about Peace Corps, I mean, you're assigned to very uh, third world type of environments, right? And then you drawn to FEMA to work in disasters, earthquakes, and all kinds of stuff, right? Arguably, the pandemic is another disaster worldwide. What are some of the, you know, learnings that you have from the people in FEMA that you've worked with or in the Peace Corps that you felt, hey, you know, this, there's similarities here, and what are we learning from people themselves uh, facing these types of horrific trauma and disasters? Well, um, FEMA taught me specifically about emergency management and how to manage yourself and manage others during an emergency, trying to do the best work in the shortest amount of time. And so that really pushed me to understand this COVID pandemic being very similar. And, you know, during during the early early stages of, of COVID, uh, during 2020, I tried to mobilize my resources, tried to help a teacher's college. And um, so in a sense, it's all about doing the most good for the most amount of people in the least amount of time. And of course, with the pandemic, there was also... Um, issues such as Black Lives Matter and issues in regards with Asian hate. So trying to navigate yourself in a certain situation like that, uh, one needs to be be service-oriented, I I believe. And uh, in in, in the face of all this sort of trauma, uh, you have to be pragmatic in how you want to make the world a better place again. (laughs) Yeah, that lines up with our vision um, to create a better world. I really commend you for this drive that you have. I think it matches the drivers for many of our teachers and educators and our administrators. I mean, you know, they're driven by the need to create better spaces, better futures for young people. What are uh, some of the, you know, at a place like, Teachers College, you you have, uh, I mean, you study educational systems across the country. So what are some of the things that sort of, you know, brought you together with AUHSC? And you had mentioned that, that, you know, Black Lives Matter response to some of the hate crimes, especially in the Asian American community. But, you know, I think um, I want to give you a chance to share what you learned about us, AUHSD. Yes. Well, um, specifically the crew, the Career Preparedness Systems Framework, uh, the CPSF, I learned a lot about it. And um, the three distinct drivers are youth, voice, and purpose, um, 21st century skills, the five Cs, and technical skills. And actually, these um, these elements, these drivers, actually really enable a person to holistically be a better person or just to be a, a good um, person in society to push um, services and push for societal change within the system itself. And uh, actually the CPSF, uh, because I'm in Teachers College, uh, Adult Learning and Leadership Program, 
I'm learning more and more about learning organizations, about systems thinking, and about um, theorists like Keegan, Senge, and uh, Jack Mesereau, for instance. They all want to make the system better within, to make it more sustainable. And how to do it, you need different levels of support within the system to make the experience, the actual um, striving for a better world occur. So one of the challenges, Brian, for big uh, systems like the AUHSD is this cohesion, right, under a common sort of vision. And I know that one of your drivers is service, right? So do you think there's a linkage between service creating a better world and maybe mitigating hate crimes, something that's uh, impacted many uh, minorities and uh, LGBT communities. Do you think there's a linkage between the service and the, the rise in hate crimes or is, is there a correlation there? Yeah, um, actually um, having kind of a service mindset or in a sense of uh, being having a sense of purpose, those can address um, systems of inequality, especially I, I've learned that the AUHSD, they have really, uh, your district has really engaged in civic action and engagement. Um, your students definitely have um, tried to move uh, the, the world or the US to a better place socially. And um, your district, um, from what I can tell from the research that I did about it, it's really what is needed in this time, especially because I guess uh, most school districts, they're more, their driver that they follow is, you know, test scores. But yours um, follows youth voice and purpose, 21st century skills and technical skills. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so like, because uh, I'm very interested in this uh, correlation between what we're attempting to do and creating a better world, right? And I think that we call it compassion and kindness, right? You, and yeah. Yours is service, and which I think embodies compassion, right? Because you're, we have kids out like the Servathon, and there's so many applied learning opportunities where kids of different background can work together. Because you could arguably say that the Nazis from Germany in World War II had a sense of purpose, right? Surely, yeah. but not grounded in making the world a better place or not grounded in that fifth C, which I think uh, schools should intentionally try to cultivate, right? More than ever, because that goes back to really what brought you and me together is your uh, concern about the rising hate crimes uh, against minorities, especially uh, yeah. Asian Americans and what schools should be doing about. It. So I'm gonna ask you, what, what should schools be doing about that? We just talked about service is important, building compassion is important, but what else can schools be doing? And does that relate to the CPSF? It does, it does relate because um, from from what I hear from different teachers, different districts, um, because of COVID-19, because of the fact that everyone's kind of in their own bubble right now, no one's going out and everything 
is chaotic. People tend to go back to their prior knowledge, prior experiences, teaching to the test, but that in itself is not what is needed. They need to prepare students more for the world, future world that they will embark on. For instance, Mm -hmm. careers and their purpose in life. I think, um, you know, in regards with living your personal legend, um, test scores do not exactly help promote students to really think outside the box and to try new things. I know one of the things that you've been interested in is the development of the Magnolia Agricultural Community Center, the MAC for short. Why, why are you attracted to uh, a program like that? Oh, I'm attracted to it primarily because of the fact that, as you know, there's food deserts everywhere. And actually, the, the MAC is tr- it's addressing that. And it's teaching the community at large or the community around the school, Magnolia, how to eat healthier, be more sustainable, and how to live a better future for themselves and for you know, the community. It's a, a very sustainable um, experiment good pilot program <laughs> it, it is an experiment and and one of the things that we're proud of is that it's teacher-led and teachers are integrating these concepts into, into the classroom because at the end of the day um in order for it to really flourish it's got to the students have to have agency in what they're doing they have to own it right otherwise it's something imposed on them when in when you study you know, learning and teaching at Teachers College, what are some of, how do you create that agency? I mean, for us, it's applied problem solving. Are we on the right track? Yes, I believe um, you are on the right track. I think um, the whole notion of the CPSF and the whole framework that is leading the school district to do what it's doing is, important, very important. And uh, the business relationships that you have developed is amazing. And it's, people need to take, this is a time where people need to take some risk, I believe. And not, not just um, silly risks, but risks um, based on making the environment, the community better. And so from what I can see, your district, especially focusing on career preparedness, it is preparing students for their futures. It is preparing them for their, uh, not just high school, but their college and afterwards as well, along with learning how to deal with uncomfortable situations that they'll face later on in the future. They will face, yeah. Yes. So back to how we connected is really through the rise of the Asian um, hate yeah. crimes across the country. And you've had a chance to interview a lot of people in the Asian Pacific community about this. What are some of the, what do you feel are some of the root causes of this, especially targeting um, Asians? And some of the hate crimes are um, by other minority groups on Asians as well. What, what do you think is going on there in terms of um, 
that rise because I know in Orange County it grows by tenfold, ten times, a huge right. spike. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. Uh, actually, what I've learned doing the the seven in depth interviews with um, leaders in different fields, domains, or um, is that the correlation? I the theme I'm seeing is that there is not enough understanding of Asian American history about the Asian American experience itself, primarily because. Um, the model minority stereotypes and various um, things that are working against the Asian American people. You know, it's not exactly conducive for them to grow as a. Can you, you remind know. the audience what is the model minority and how that do you think that impacts this rise in hate crimes? Well, the model minority myth or stereotype is primarily based on the idea that Asian Americans are able to to excel, especially in schools, and they're good at science, math, and uh, and different engine and engineering. And so, what this does is that it um, it does not let uh, Asian Americans, especially those who are not model minorities, <laughs> to uh, get assistance. And so more and more, you're seeing this kind of divide between the different ethnic groups, you know, um, for Asian Americans, they are not getting the assistance and they're not getting the, um, the sort of needed support that they need to rise in, for instance, their careers afterwards as well. So what is the correlation between that and the rise of hate crimes? I mean, you know, why do you, what are some of the reasons why there's been such a big spike? Because certainly the model minority myth has already, always been there. Mm. So why is it all of a sudden? And I think this uh, uh, really brought a lot of national attention in terms of the hate crimes with the um, Asian uh, women in Georgia that happened. And then all of a sudden it was just all, all over the place. I think it's uh, the model minority. It, I think it placed Asian Americans or just Asians in general on a pedestal where, whereas they were not given the needed, the necessary uh, media attention to really talk about their histories, talk about the uh, inclusion of um, World War II, what happened to the Japanese American intern in the internment camps, along with. Uh, various things in regards with the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, along with other things that have been, especially the Korean War and all the repercussions and the Vietnamese War and all the repercussions that affect these communities, their shared or their traumas of these very di dis distinct ethnic groups. So, so without you're, this- You're talking about is the need for more ethnic studies. Is that what you're saying? Is that one of the recommended uh, recommendations yeah. from uh, an emerging expert like like yourself is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think there is a need for more ethnic studies, especially for Asian Americans, for people to really understand that Asian Americans are Americans, and uh, right. you know, bottom, bottom line, yeah. as as Latin, as Latino Americans are Americans or African Americans, right? And yeah, that I think that's really one of the challenges, right? How do we yeah. uh, navigate that in such a way that we don't teach 
hate, right? You can be proud of your own culture and history, but not teach hate. And and I, I think that's been the approach of our district and uh, to navigate this very sensitive issue out there. But but again, I, I asked earlier, though, why these issues have always been there, but why all of a sudden a big spike in uh, anti-Asian hate crimes? I think um, there is a different... Uh... I'm not quite sure exactly what the real reason or like there's a lot of multiple reasons for why things occur in the social space. But um, especially when people are not doing as well economically, they want to feel better about themselves. And if you see one specific ethnic group uh, somehow doing well and then all this sort of animosity comes out, I think. So like the, the okay. other. Okay, in the minutes that we have left, I know that you uh, had a chance to look at the district's new uh, website uh, help, uh, that was helped to, to develop through our relationship with Road Trip Nation. Um, could you comment on that again from your 30,000 foot lens at Teachers College. What did you think about that? Because it's a it's like a career and jobs hub app. Oh, I think it's um it's it's very good, especially the road trip nation. <laughs> you know, especially for students who are not who are just getting into the market or getting into uh, colleges or jumping into careers, they need to know in a sense this kind of the expertise that's out there and they, they need to know the uh, experience of these people in these fields. So, you know, um, in regards with these pathways, it could lead them to better choices in regards with their careers. Well, more, aligned, more aligned with their calling, right, and their purpose. Right. And so the one or two minutes that we have left, uh, Brian, could you tell the audience about uh, the plan for Teachers College to um, work with AUHSD on sort of uh, a national um, sharing of what we're doing. Oh, that's um, potentially there is um, something in the works uh, in regards with working with AUHSD and the career uh, CPSF to to highlight that to um, different communities, different networks and this potentially could happen maybe later in the spring or it could happen in the summer yeah. it's because of our well, that's really exciting uh, to be partnering with teachers college brian and through your connections so we're, we're so very grateful for the work that you're doing as a young researcher focusing on adult learning and, and leadership um I think we can talk for uh, another show about adult learning and leadership, but um, you have impressed me as someone who walks the walk of leadership. You're a very humble man and uh, you're, you're very inquisitive. I really enjoy talking to you and about these, uh, these important issues uh, going forward. So on behalf of our 29,000 plus students, thank you very much. Thank you.
Sepintas Masura.